Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. You're very welcome back. Tomlin with you, standing in for Sean today. 53106 is the text number, or you can email afternoonnewstalk.com. And I have to say, it gives you just enormous pleasure to welcome Barbara and Declan Studio and be in this room together with you. This is lovely. We haven't seen you in ages. (laughs) We were just talking during the break that it is very odd. and and We've been back now for a few weeks, but but it was just so great to get back into the studio. It's so much better than trying to speak through the interwaves or whatever yes. or the interwaves it can go interwaves. wrong at any moment yeah that's kind of stressful and then you start to worry is everybody still there Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean I you're like am I, I talking into the void shouting is everybody... into the yeah. void are you still there mummy yeah. 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 so seeing each other's faces is actually very reassuring absolutely then I, can, I know when I'm talking nonsense because you can actually you're giving me that look I do yeah I do Thank you, but it's only a very rare occurrence kind of She's giving me that look now. Well, that's the key. Because your looks, Barbara, you know, you just need to flick an eyebrow that's there it. and it's withering. Years it's and years of practice. across the studio, it's Declan stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like <laughs> petrified. It would take more than a look from me now, I can tell you. Far more that's than a look powerful. from me. People have yeah. tried. I'm too far away to kick him. Yes. Um, I just want to read one text. We were talking about Yannick Art beforehand. What? Yeah. Uh, Carla Delavine's uh, installation in her house, which she's kind of mirrored or created like a walk-in vagina basically oh, yeah. um, and it's okay. this pink room that she goes to to get in touch with herself again you know so now do you mean like in a literal sense or do you mean <laughs> no it's no no it's a room definitely. It's, it's, a, it's a room it's a padded pink room, room. like the studio only oh this studio is red this is red yeah, yeah only pink and soft and delicate and and that's it and it's, it's called yeah, the the idea that it could be catching on and people will start to do this in their houses. Do you know what should catch on? Do you know oh, what should catch on. on? Okay, what should catch on is is you're talking about this studio being red, red tents. Yeah, red tents in 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 old in in some other uh, civilizations that would be considered to be more primitive than ours. And back in uh, there's a great book written about um you remember Joseph and his amazing technical or dream coach. His dad had loads of wives, right? Jacob, yeah. and he had all these wives, right? Have you any idea where this is going? Yeah, I do actually. Yeah, the red tent. Yeah, right. so there's women when they live together in a community, yeah. their cycles all start to synchronize. All right, so they all menstruate at the same time. So yeah. in a lot of cultures that would be considered to be, well, it was it came from being considered to be unclean, but also there would be probably a, a practical element yeah. as well. So the women were all put together into a red tent where it was a woman only space and they all kind of sat around, lolled around, brushed each other's hair, you know, minded each other, were excused from the cooking or the cleaning or the any of the other duties that they would normally carry out in the community until they stopped bleeding. And I think that is just the best idea ever. So Cara Delvine and her vagina can keep that. But I think the idea of having red tents, because I think women who put up with this every single month are just heroes and right. we all have to pretend would you really want to go there like down into a shared like space to have, rather yes, than and yes. a tent at that yeah, t- yes <laughs> maybe not a tent maybe yeah. not oh, a tent okay. I, you see I have this idea of this Bedouin tent but then you'd want right. the, the, you know that's a fancy tent that's a fancy tent as well yeah and an old goat and an old donkey yeah. you know and stuff like that all wouldn't right. work in a boggy field probably in the west of no. Ireland but I do like that idea that women can you know kind of take some time out if they feel they need to yeah. and just chill with other women and just you know 
Yeah, that sounds good. Themselves. That sounds good. Some of the art that they were talking about from 35,000 years ago were drawings and they, they were very, you know, they, they they would paint the drawing of the vulva and the vagina. They're very clear oh, about that. Gigs yeah. 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 Other, yeah. Other yeah. Well, the Greek civilization yeah. as well, yeah. you know. But they showed them menstruating, they showed the women menstruating in those drawings. So it was it was once much more open yeah. than it is now. Emma Barnett, is, um, who is a presenter on, on BBC, she presents Women Earth, Women's Hour as far as I, I hope her name right she's written a book all about that about periods and about not being taken out of the closet and start talking yeah. about it it's about time very good yeah would you like one of your questions go on so oh, okay bring help here, to the nation so here, yeah. here we go my husband keeps telling dirty jokes in front of my family <laughs> that's what it's called my husband tells dirty jokes and he swears around my family and it really embarrasses me my parents don't swear and don't talk about sex so this is really jarring when he comes out with something inappropriate they laugh awkwardly I try to move the conversation along and act like it didn't happen more recently when he begins to tell a filthy joke and I know what's coming I sometimes just leave the room before the punchline because I can't bear the inevitable cringe I cannot understand why he doesn't seem to register that it was inappropriate in the first place his lack of self-awareness around this issue is bizarre as he prides himself and trying to impress them always brings them gifts considers what he wears when visiting reflects on their conversations afterwards yet it's like he just doesn't understand how disrespectful this particular behaviour is we're not married that long and I worry that this chips away at my parents opinion of him but I don't know how to bring it up with him because he is an incredibly sensitive amount of criticism sounds like a complicated man <laughs> he does you're looking straight at Barbara I, well yeah because I wasn't sure about Barbara yeah Barbara's <laughs> going to go, go in here I've been waffling on about red tents <laughs> <laughs> well, waffle. never let it be said that I'd, you know, monopolize the never. gig here. Carry on. Um, yeah, I, when I read this, I kind of, I, my, my instinct was, okay, we have a judgment on, on what these jokes are that the husband is, is telling and this writer is kind of presenting a scenario where the husband is the source of the, of the discomfort. Whereas I'm not entirely sure whether that's the entire truth yeah. um, like obviously when people tell jokes they tell jokes because they want to change something about the environment that they're in they want to um, either um, defuse a tense situation or they want to make other people like them more than they feel like they do um, and when you tell dirty jokes what you're really doing is you really want to change the atmosphere in some big way because you feel that it's in some way oppressive or you feel like the person that you're talking to doesn't get something about you or you don't get something about them I love them. the way he always goes off on these psychological kind of things yeah. that I would have Never thought about. No, Carry I wouldn't on. have thought of any I of would this. tell a joke because I like Carr people to actually laugh. wrote a really good book about telling jokes, and that's stuff that he talks about. So it's not my own original thought, I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> but sadly, um, but I think I, I wonder whether there's something about the, the power dynamics when you when this uh, woman and her husband go to see the in-laws, his in-laws, whether or not he's very uncomfortable. He, you've, you've already pointed out ways in which you notice that he is eager to, to get their yeah. approval because in some way they seem to be giving him not what he wants or he, they're not giving him what he wants. Um, he's bringing them gifts. He's trying to make them like him in some way. And they're also, quote, the type of people who don't tell dirty jokes. And they so they seem possibly a little bit uptight. So I'm wondering whether this guy is trying to, whether it's respectfully or disrespectfully, I do not know, but he's trying to destabilise the kind of, the, the, the uptightness of the well. situation. And he's trying to come in there and go, I'm really uncomfortable. I'm really uncomfortable. Oh, the only way I can do it is to, you know, you that's, what, that's what dirty jokes yeah. do is that they do. They they displace that thing. That's what they are for. And they kind of go, you know, because think about the first dirty joke that you ever heard in your life. It's probably from a one or two year old going poo poo or something like that. Children tell dirty jokes like that because they're trying to 
diffuse what they feel is an embarrassing situation from them because let's face it they've just pooped their nappies yes. and they're going ha ah, let's laugh at this <laughs> rather than I've had too much coffee again guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know anyway so w- whatever about this oh I think God. she needs to talk to her husband about how he feels when he's in that space if he's not being clear about how he feels with her parents um, t- maybe that's where the origin of the problem that's is. It's very understanding, Declan. I it is, say. yeah. Very. And it's also putting a whole load of stuff on your man uh, about him trying to change the energy and uh, um, uh, make, giving him credit. Yeah, giving him credit. I think most people who tell jokes tell jokes because they like to hear people laughing. I think. I don't think you're necessarily not, you're not to go they want on to. That, but they, they like to hear people laughing because. Because it relaxes people and it makes people kind of happy. Change presumably. Their, changes the mood. Is yeah. exactly what I'm saying. I, yeah, but I don't know. I think. I, I, know your audience goes yeah, through my mind exactly. it's an end on, of itself laughter is something that oh, you do to show something no laughter is an end on itself there's nothing better than having a good laugh just yeah. for the sake because of having a good laugh it, it doesn't have to have a because big... it changes your body hormones and because it shows people that you're bonding in some way there is a because to laughter it okay, isn't yeah, on itself right. yeah, okay, yeah. let's say then you know he doesn't have to tell dirty jokes does he? You see know? that's why no, I he's... went into the I think he's destabilising something there I think he's walking into a situation where he feels oh here we are now her and the twin set and the pearls and him with the Sunday Times under and his here, I think you're giving him a whole load of <laughs> stuff that he doesn't I don't think he's uh, going anywhere near that kind of thought process I think he's just somebody and I know people like this who have a blind spot when it comes to the appropriateness of you know the the right time and the place to do something so I'm all for having a dirty joke but I do think you know you have to you have to know your audience as Tom said you have to know this is really appropriate in the middle of the afternoon and we're all having afternoon tea and I've brought them a cake and I you know I'm flattering them and now I'm going to tell some really kind of blue joke because I think it's hilarious I, I think all he's thinking of us I think it's hilarious and they'll think I'm hilarious and then they'll like me more and the fact that he can't actually recognise what I presume what she says is right he can't recognise that it's not doing any of that it's just making them feel very uncomfortable and embarrassed and therefore it is completely ineffective in the way that he wants it to be is kind of strange but I what I would wonder is if the parents are as uncomfortable as your woman has saying that they are. I know they don't tell dirty jokes and they don't swear. Yeah. But it's very likely that they're kind of going every time he tells a joke that's that that is a dirty joke and which perhaps they don't think is that funny. They're probably just going home and going, Oh well that's Dave. Like, you know, he's always like that. He thinks he's very funny and he's not very funny. And they probably they possibly just accept it. And again, you know, she said that um, we're not married that long and I'm worried that this chips away at my parents' opinion. So she doesn't want her parents' opinion of her husband to be tarnished by this. But nobody's perfect, you know. Um, I'm not sure that it's bothering the parents as much as as she thinks it is, because I think if it was, they would have said it to her before. Look, would you ever tell him? Tease up on the on the on the dirty jokes. We're not, you know, we're not really appreciating. I don't agree. There's a very I, insightful uh, text from Better from than us, do you mean, Tom? <laughs> no, as, as insightful. As insightful. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I worry about that. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. got a competition, Barbara. <laughs> yeah, okay, sorry. <laughs> Maura says, maybe he's just a feck in Egypt, Acton. You're giving <laughs> Well, I know nothing about those kind of people, obviously. <laughs> You're giving this clown too much credit. <laughs> nothing wrong with clowns. Clowns serve a very important function. Uh, no, and, and I do accept that there, obviously we have reason. we have to maintain a certain kind of social dynamic we have 
rules about politeness and manners. But sometimes you don't want to maintain those particular kind of rules. Sometimes you do want to... You want you to know, be divorced. Sometimes... <laughs> yeah, sometimes you want to divorce. But I have to think, you know... I sometimes mean, you want to smash the patriarchy. Sometimes you want to oh, do something. Oh, that's all good. But like, for example, my husband is English, as I've mentioned before. So anytime we go to the UK, it takes me and actually my daughters usually a couple of hours to realise that English people don't curse at the same rate that we do. And, you know, we don't think... There's anything wrong with dropping F-bombs all over the shop. But you soon realise that that's actually making these English people, and I know I'm doing a massive ster- a massive um, uh, generalisation, but it makes them uncomfortable. In a way, it doesn't make Irish people uncomfortable. So you amend your behaviour, because why would you want to make people yeah, uncomfortable? Yeah, don't, etiquette, don't make people feel uncomfortable. You don't want to make people know? feel uncomfortable just, just for the sake of it. I, I do want to try and do another one. And there's do another you? test, and, oh, okay. and I, hate, I hate to say... <laughs> Declan um, <laughs> Barbara is correct don't curse in front of my mother end of story Declan is seriously overthinking this one <laughs> <laughs> it's all that coffee Declan. but then get him to explain his jokes if you want him to understand that Jesus, they're not appropriate explain a dirty joke yeah. that's only going to make it worse no but then, then <laughs> if he's not getting why he's if he doesn't get why it's inappropriate get him to say he I just, don't get that joke she just needs to tell him to dial it down that's yeah. all dial that's it all. down dial right. it down dark. let's Darling. go for another one come on okay, um, I am a 32 year old woman and I've been single for a few years I would like to meet somebody but I'm not in any hurry and I haven't come across a suitable partner yet I'm happy to wait it out however a friend who's also single and online dating has decided to take it upon herself to try and match me up the problem is all the guys she suggests are from her reject pile just because I don't go out on dates doesn't mean I need her leftovers <laughs> I know she's well intentioned and all that but I don't know if I can bring myself to pull her up on it because she's only trying to help what would you suggest? <laughs> I'd be really clear on this one. I, I wrote down, Barbara will have two words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wise up. Yeah. Second yeah. one. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. yeah. I mean, do you know, tell her, you know, I mean, to tell her, pull her up on it and tell her, you don't appreciate this. You don't want this. You're happy paddling your own canoe at your own rate down the river, keeping an eye on what's on either side of the riverbank. And if something catches your eye, you'll pull in your boat and you'll, you'll you know, you'll test drive it or whatever. But that she can back off so that that I'd be very clear about and I think you have to be very clear because I think you know having been the spare wheel for a number of years when all my friends were kind of coupled up and I was the lone single parent kind of you know uh, uh, unevening all the numbers I know that people are very well intentioned when they try and and, and pair you up yeah. because it makes it, it goes back to what you were saying earlier Declan it makes everything kind of fit mm. and it you know keeps the social constructs that we have all organised properly um, so I know people do it with the best of intentions but I think sometimes you have to be really straight and just go I don't want you to do this anymore just stop uh, rather than kind of chasing around the bush. But the two things I do have problems with is referring to her reject pile and leftovers. Like, these are just men that she didn't gel with, or women or yeah, whatever, that enough. she didn't gel True. with. This whole concept of your leftovers. It's like if you go out with somebody, what? Nobody else should go out with them that you know because, you know, yeah, they're your... mad. I hate that kind of nonsense. You're, you're no. nodding. No, you're I, just, you're you're quiet. Quiet. I, I kind Actually. of agree. I, oh, I agree with everything you said at the beginning about obviously she needs to ba- the the other person needs to back off kind of micromanaging this person's dating life. Um, I, I wonder whether it's more to do with the dynamic, the relationship that she wants to have, w- w- not like a, a non- a sort of a platonic relationship that she wants to have with her mate. With, with her mate. So she's, you know, we're both in this together yeah. and it's this kind of, you know, you know, something to talk about, that kind 
of thing. I think in in in, a, in an era of social dating with apps and all that, I think that the reject pile is is a little less. It's it's not so much I had to go with that than it is that I just swiped, <laughs> you know, in the other direction. And you know, maybe this person would is the more, reject that pile not infer that she'd probably gone on a date yeah, with well, them. No, it could just be that she just oh, sorry, excuse me, that she just literally just swiped in the other oh, direction. Right, but okay. maybe going, oh, not for me, but maybe for yeah. you. I hate that language. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I agree. But the thing about it is, is that the way to stop somebody from suggesting whether they're a reject or not is to ask them exactly why that they think that this person Would is appropriate for me when they weren't for you. What is it that you see in them that you're not interested in? That means that they'd be appropriate for me because that's another that, deep, meaningful conversation. Well, no, it just kind of, yeah. it just kind of yeah, focuses in on the fact that you know, are you saying that that person who you believe is a two out of ten is perfect for me because, because you think different. I'm a two out of ten? That's because everybody's different. Not because you were all that would be work if we were all homogenous and we were all the same and we all had the same criteria by which we measured a possible mate. Yeah. But just because I rated somebody as a two doesn't mean that you necessarily would. You might rate them as or, a nine and a half. Or that person wasn't showing you their best side because they weren't that into you yeah and I wonder though, again I'm Whereas not disagreeing with, with you but That's I wonder whether she wants whether she wants her to have the same taste in people or whether you whether the, the writer so is share boyfriends no, I mean, like, it's like, you know, like, you would just, you spirals just, very fast. It does, Barbara. doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Maybe they could, actually. Yeah. Oh, well, there's that problem. There so. you go. Yeah. Polyamory, that's where you go. Like. Oh, yeah. Let us know. Um, five, three, one, six for your texts. Um, I'll give you a quick one on the red tent because there are a few texts oh, about good. that. Um, Tom, we should bring back the red tents for women once a month. Uh, it's like running the gauntlet in my house. If I could send my wife to a red tent for a week, I would happily deliver breakfast, lunch and dinner to her through a safe drop off zone. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah I'm not okay. sure that's exactly what I was talking <laughs> no, about. Yeah. 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 Five, three, one or six of your text. We'll have more for you after this. You're very welcome back. It's Tom Dunn standing in for Sean today. 53106 is the text number or you can email afternoonnewstalk.com. We have Barbara and Declan with us answering your, your adult uh, queries. We're trying, trying. Trying to. Trying to. Trying to. No, <laughs> an illuminating light. An illuminating light. <laughs> and if you have questions, email them to afternoonnewstalk.com. Just this is an interesting text not related to what we're okay. talking about but the Ionic art. A listener thinks, says, I once visited a sex garden in Kildare. It was full of lots of phallic and vaginal art. It was mad. I haven't been able to find it since though. Do one of your listeners have any idea where it is in Kildare I'm at least 85% sure I wasn't hallucinating Jim. that's chapter 7 of Alice in Wonderland isn't it that you're yes. in there the 24 hour <laughs> Yannick art shop that used to be in Kildare yikes and what, is that? what kind of art is he is he Yonic. that's Yonic. the general word for the vaginal thought, inspired oh, oh, okay. that's what I thought it meant Yonic. Yes, I'd get into trouble. Sorry. Every day, a new word. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So here's our latest one now. Need, the, the listener needs help. Our manager is a narcissist. So we have a small team of three, one of which is the manager. We are the only team working in the office as we can't work from home. It's been grand. We all worked hard and got on well and we're a tight team. However, now we have a new manager and he is a complete joke. We think he is a narcissist or definitely has some psychological issues. But because we are only the ones seeing his behaviour, we're afraid he'll pass his probation and our life will become hell. He has a desperate need to impress other managers and he plays up to them. But behind the scenes, he comes in late, goes home early, sleeps at his desk and <laughs> takes a ridiculous number of breaks he hasn't initiated one conversation about the work that we do with us and constantly interrupts us with silly stories all about himself it feels like he's waiting for us to say wow how impressed we are we feel so stressed around him because quite frankly he's an idiot he's a middle-aged man who behaves like a young child looking for attention and pretending to be something that he isn't if we go to management about him we 
look like we're just telling tales and it would seem very inappropriate, but yet we were terrified of being stuck with him. What should we do? Are you, are you pointing at me because you want me it's to go turn. first? Yeah. Oh, it's my turn. It's okay. your turn. Right, well, um, being look, fair. I think uh, you're the, the writer has made an analysis of somebody and there's, there's certain bits of evidence that they, they've offered which seems to support their analysis that this person is not a very good manager. I think calling them an narcissist is a bit of an, is a bit of a, an add-on. Um, but regardless, I think the danger with work is that if you create a scenario with the person who's supervising you by going above their head, not only do you kind of, you, you give yourself a reputation of not being like a team player and not obeying the rules, what you do is you, you kind of create, create this um, whistleblowing kind of notion about you that you're the person who's going to point out everybody else's flaws. And while people might pretend that they like that, they don't like that at all. That's not something that's going to end well for you. It's not going to end well. Controversial, I guess. It isn't, Very though. I mean, it isn't. People, th- give me an example of a whistleblower who's been fated in the end. We all like the idea that people play by the rules, but in the end, anybody who kind of sticks their head over the parapet tends to be not taken down immediately, but they don't tend to like live in blissful happiness for the rest of their their career well, or their lives. I think there it's are very public examples of whistleblowers who've who done enormous popular good and came good at the end. Give me an example. Um, Your man, Morris McCabe. Morris McCabe. Yeah, yeah but I mean, his, it didn't yeah. happen. It took a long time. It took a long time and it yeah. wasn't within the organisation yeah. and, and, and that's kind of exactly what I'm talking about. But there's also people like yeah. Edward Snowden, there's people, there's, and these are big, big stories. Little small people going, I think your man's lazy. Well, I think that's the difference though. They, they were whistleblowing on enormous on a Enormous. Yeah. This is. I don't this say an opinion. It's an opinion. Don't say it's just a small. And it's not corroborated. I don't agree with you at all. Good. Well, let's I just talk don't out. agree with you now at all. That's why we're here. Like I think at this, and I agree with you about they've given him kind of you know they've they've talked about his psychological issues and and, and yeah. labelled as a narcissist. And I'd park all of that. The things that I would that I would uh, see as being important are the fact that he comes in late, he goes home early, he sleeps at his desk, and takes close break. So he's obviously not doing his work. Do you know what I mean? His productivity must be horrendous and from the company's point of view these are the these two members of his team are the only people who are Mm. witnessing this and who know about this because of the way we're working from home and they're the only two in the office and surely a HR department would want them to point this out especially during his probationary period so that they don't make the mistake of hiring him long term and end up with a much bigger problem now, maybe I live in fantasy world. I no. know I've been out of the corporate world a long time, um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, I honestly think that if if they can back it up, first of all, they both have to be on the same page on this. Absolutely. In other words, the other person right. in the team must totally agree with this and have exactly the same experience of this. But I then would like, and if they have concrete, there's two ways of going about this. They can have concrete examples, which they would keep a note of and go to HR and just say, look, you should know that this is happening. But when you do that, what you're basically doing is you're going up to Karen and HR and saying, <laughs> your performance appraisal systems in this organisation are failing and you're not very good at your job. That's what you're saying. But what's the alternative is you put the head down? No. What if you put the head down and say nothing? I know, I agree, it's not ideal, but unfortunately... All that needs finished is all that needs for evil to thrive is... Is for good men to do nothing. nothing. Yeah. Karen to do nothing. Karen, 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 Karen to do nothing. No, it's not Karen. It's Karen's these two. It's, it's Mary and Patricia here. Home, not, she's the other thing, the which job. of course you could do, is you could try and drop him in it accidentally on purpose. 
That'd be a bit clever. much more effective. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. getting very underhand. It's a bit underhand. No. Yeah, I mean, I would have gone the other route, preferably. I, I just don't. But think if you're afraid of the fallback faith, from that, faith in the organisation to actually the, the reason why organisations have performance appraisal, and maybe there is, maybe this guy is is coming towards his his reckoning day because maybe there is an official channel through which there will be a moment where the people can actually put their tuppence in but I, I look I know it sounds really weasel spineless but I don't think that that's but I don't, oh, I just don't yeah, I have to say listening to it it makes me think that the whole structure is wrong that yeah, the, the, Karen, Karen failing. should say to them how did he work exactly. out with you? And, and the invite But I would their, give everybody the benefit, the benefit of the doubt because of the situation we're in at the moment. Companies didn't anticipate that large numbers of people would be working from home and that so some of their checks and balances that they would have traditionally had in place are obviously not appropriate at the moment. So, you know, let's give people the benefit of the doubt. They possibly haven't caught up on that. Mm. They've hired somebody probably on the basis of a Zoom interview and a CV. Um, it's not the same as having somebody physically in your yeah. presence in an office where you can get the whole kind of picture and, and see exactly what's going on. So that's why I think that I would feel that they probably should talk to somebody in HR. Um, but if they don't, I think that dropping a minute. If it's a big enough organization and they have those procedures and all that kind of stuff, if it's a really small organization. They, the, the people have to they basically have to flip a coin and go. This could end up in our faces. But we're willing to take the risk because we just cannot live with this but wouldn't person. Wouldn't that be very unjust? If yeah. what they're but saying is true, life in business can be very unjust all the time, oh, Barbara, gosh. as you know. Harsh. Well, so I'll tell you, you might end up though. It seems to me that they have a good group, and for the sake of just raising their 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 observations and saying this, if they good. do it in United, as a United yeah. thing, because otherwise less they likely. can be left with that manager position for a very long time. And yeah. you could have Karen coming to them at the end of the day, saying, "Why didn't either of you speak up? You saw him asleep at the desk. You could have saved all early yeah no, no I agree but I think it, unless they're united about it uh, it is a case that they're going to Karen and saying Karen you're not very good at your job so let us help you now he's the vice president and you could have stopped this you had <laughs> yeah. he was just the manager <laughs> he's the president <laughs> yeah. Yeah. look what you've done honestly, yeah, exactly, yeah. honestly. Um, I think we found the uh, 24 hour Yannick oh great oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So we're all going at the weekend listeners are saying it's in Wicklow I think maybe not not what your listeners are thinking of it's called Victor's Way Indian Sculpture Park oh, that's Indian Sculpture that's yeah. elephants and stuff and another listener Amory says I think the listener is thinking see. of Wicklow Knuckler Victor's Way outside of Roundstone loads of Buddha sculptures Roundwood I'd say Roundwood yeah with yes with loads of Buddha sculptures but are definitely leaning towards the erotica worth a wander around for I the thought that was elephants and stuff and goddesses and stuff there you go yeah. and your Kama right. Sutra yeah. do you know what Eugene is just texting in the very thought I had when I was giving that question to you the, the manager does the new narcissist manager perhaps tell inappropriate dirty jokes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well then he has to be fired I, th- I thought that it sounds like similar this girl yeah. needs help right? she, this, this one I found very uh, Frankie do you remember Frankie on the radio yeah, yeah, yeah dear Frankie yes. yeah. let's not light up a cigarette yeah. this is very dear Frankie dear Frankie I'm a 35 year old woman I've been dating a guy for about a year he's 40 we live about 20 minutes apart and are often over back to each other's houses so last weekend I broached the idea of us moving in together thinking it was a natural next step but he completely shut it down he says he's happy where he is and that we don't need to crowd each other I don't quite know what to make of this I'm not getting any younger and we're very happy in our relationship what is, does he think he needs space if anything I would have thought he'd be delighted for us to take this next step I'm a bit anxious about what this means for our future does he see us always living apart I'm nervous to even bring the topic up with him what do you suggest God I'm always surprised because in the last few weeks there seems to have been enough a theme running through a lot of the problems we're getting in here which is that people are afraid to have 
straight, frank, difficult, honest conversations, either with their partner or with somebody in their family or with a close friend. Or Karen and HR. Or Karen HR. But I mean, you know, very often in life, there is no alternative except to have a difficult, frank conversation, particularly with a partner. Um, so, you know, there's there's only one option for this woman here because it does sound like they're on kind of parallel, but different tracks um moving in together is certainly in my day uh seen as being you know the first step towards a kind of commitment to each other and and you know putting the the the, the relationship if you like on a more formal footing and she obviously think feels that that is the next logical step for them he clearly doesn't mm-hmm. so therefore this is where there's there's a divergence of what they're both looking perceiving for. as the way forward here and obviously, as we have also discussed in the past, that women have a very keen sense of timing in these issues. This yep. woman is 35 and yep. she's looking to have children. That's why she's kind of much more anxious, perhaps, than he is to move things on to the next stage. So, I mean, I don't have a magic bullet. I don't have anything to say to her, except you're going to have to have that difficult conversation. And, you know, if you're planning on a committed relationship with somebody, there will be a number of difficult conversations that you will have to have because it's very important in a relationship, no matter where, what stage you're at, even if you're married forever like I am, that you have to keep checking in with the other person that their vision of what's coming down the track of their of your future lives together, no matter what stage you're at, is kind of something that can work together, that you're both kind of imagining the same thing. Because if, and I mean, very often that's why marriages fall apart because at some stage what she wants is actually now different to what mm, he wants or yeah. she and she and she or he and he. Yeah. Um, so she's just going to have to have the conversation. She's going to have to ask him. I think a lot of the time, um, especially in this country, uh, we kind of like to be swept away. You know, mm. first off, you, you have the snog in coppers and then next thing, you know, you're walking up the aisle and then you're having kids. None of it happens with any discussion. It's just all rolling along perfectly and we call that romantic. When in fact, the Americans and other cultures are a little bit more forthright about yeah. this and they go, you know, practically on your first date, they ask you how much you make and whether you see yourself having kids and, yeah. you know, are you you ambitious and all this kind of stuff and it's a bit more practical and probably soulless in some way so I think in this instance the the, the path of least resistance is the one to kind of just let yourself find yourself in the situation that you're finding yourself in but that might be as we say a road to ruin because the guy is giving out signals that that you don't you're not in alignment here and so therefore you need to swap it out of the kind of the romance swept away aisle into the no I need grounding and I need milestones and I need to talk this through and work out where it is because maybe it's a U-turn and you're backing out and you're finding somewhere else to sling your hook a hard conversation no matter it what is way a hard you look conversation it, it? to have especially if you have a sense and I think that this woman unfortunately does have a sense that he's not envisaging yeah. a future in the same way as she is um, so you know it's very hard to have that conversation at the best of times but it's it's very hard to have it when you feel that you know you know the outcome isn't going to right. be what you were hoping that it would be yeah and if she um, wants kids but, then yeah. she needs to start well, backing out of there yeah, basically absolutely but you know what I would always say, you know, she's still got another few years. She could meet another, you know, if if this all falls apart, you can meet somebody very quickly and you can, you know, it can all happen much quicker than you think. think. I think we're both saying that she needs to do that on the back of having a clear, frank conversation. Frankly conversation even. (laughs) Rather than kind of just going, oh, this is over and then just No, no, she needs to have that conversation. Yeah, Yeah, because again, sometimes men can be a bit dense. Dense. 
you know, um, and they don't kind of get the the kind of urgency uh, behind it. Yeah, I'm she sure says very bravely in the studio. So <laughs> she she paints two two pictures of that man's future. One of which is happy with her and children and, and everything else, and the other is he's still in his apartment at twenty years. Yeah, yeah, yeah so exactly. On see which one he goes for. Yeah, yeah. With that. yeah Dancy living is. the peace and quiet, reading yes. the books he wants, watching the TV he wants, eating what on he wants. Yeah, yeah, belching yeah, and farting all he own. wants. Yeah, yeah. He gets tired. Um, <laughs> <laughs> dear Frankie, my boyfriend has a wooden leg should I break it off <laughs> oh, oh good very man. good Dark and wax, oh, very great. good more of them more of them give us um, more of them I have to say and I work in HR Declan is sadly right on the issue of the <gasps> underperforming manager rarely does being a whistleblower work out in the real world um, God, that's so depressing. Depressing. That well Vicky so Phelan but it's kind of yeah Vicky Phelan another example of a, a whistleblower yeah. uh, the guy lacks the cop on gene or is he being purposely disrespectful this, this the is joke the dirty joke fella yeah, yeah. he does like teller. the cop some people have a big blind spot about stuff like that I think sometimes you just go what did, I don't get that joke what did that joke mean I don't, I don't understand what, to, and no, because if he the is joke. the idiot that, that doesn't like get how it's making people he will actually give you chapter and verse in full technical or detail and probably go, do you think that's appropriate to say that in front of my parents and make him actually spell out the stuff because if it's not working in the, the kind of coded I way I think you two need to it. carry this on yeah. outside thank you very much Barbara and remember Barbara Declan will be back next week and can answer your questions so if there are little issues in your life email them in now and you two can benefit benefit from this sort of insight which is priceless you'd pay a fortune for the real world afternoon at news Talk.com is the email address. We'll have more after this. Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.